What's the state of authentication in state government today? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Brent Crossland. He's a Senior Manager of State Government Initiatives with Entrust. Brent, thanks so much for joining me. Good to be here, Tom. To get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your unique experience in state government, please? I was with the state for about 12 years, uh, the last four as the deputy CTO in the governor's office. I guess in terms of geological time scale, my state government career starts with the ending of the age of dumb terminals. So I was around for Windows 3.1 deployments and all the pain associated with that. Um, as deputy CTO, I was involved in a, in a number of very different initiatives, but you know, in general, those four years were dominated by finishing up Y2K issues, the security issues and concerns that arose out of 9-11 and the start of electronic government deployment in the state. The major part of that e-government deployment in Illinois was the Illinois Digital Signature Project, which is an enterprise PTI certification authority that issues digital certificates uh, to any individual who needs them to interact with state government. Uh, today, that CA issues digital certificates to users in all 50 states and about a half dozen or so foreign countries for use with the 45 or so applications run at state agencies and local governments. Brent, in terms of authentication, what would you say is the state of the union at state agencies today? Tom, when we talk about authentication and identity management at the state enterprise level, I think the biggest problem that we face is one that's entirely of our own making. Um, we've basically treated authentication and authorization as a single process. Let me explain what I mean by that. Over the years, as individual agencies were creating applications, every time they deployed a new application, they also created a new user repository to manage access to that application. Essentially, they created a new identity that's only in that one user repository and used solely for that single application. The result is that now we see data centers with several thousand applications running in virtualized server environments, and those applications are tied to literally hundreds of individual user repositories, hundreds of username, password, databases, and directories. And any attempt to do anything that resembles identity management spread across those hundreds of repositories is it's really a pretty futile effort. Well, given that landscape, Brent, where would you say that states are most vulnerable today? Well, I think the first issue is simply the limitation of passwords themselves and the security issues that are caused by the, the ever-growing lists of usernames and passwords that we all manage. I imagine most of our listeners have been following the passwords are dead discussions that have been going on, so I don't think we have to drill into that too much. A related issue to this proliferation of usernames and passwords is our ability to manage identity and manage access to applications. I mean, it's well documented that help desk calls increase as you increase the number of strong passwords that users have to manage. They simply can't remember them all. The other side of that coin occurs when employees leave or when citizens' eligibility or status changes. Not only are we paying for redundant efforts to verify identity when we grant access to all these applications, but now when the user's status changes, we have to go to each individual application to revoke access. Having said that, even then, one of the biggest impacts is probably how difficult and expensive it's going to be to strengthen authentication options for those applications. 
all the states are actively looking for stronger means of authenticating benefits recipients, for example, as a means to reduce fraud in those programs. They're also looking for more rigorous authentication to protect online repositories of personal health information, law enforcement data, student information. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on agency by agency. Because every one of these applications has its own individual user repository, each one of them requires its own individual solution for multi-factor authentication. So the redundant effort just becomes immense. Brent, I know there are a number of initiatives that are going on at the federal and the local levels. What are some of the authentication trends that you see that states really have to consider now? Well, obviously, in state, anything states do, they have to focus on what the federal government's doing as well. And the first thing that comes to mind there is the, the PIV authentication or credentialing effort in the federal government, uh, issuing smart card credentials to every federal employee and, and contractor. I think that's a model that we've got to look at in the future in states, and it'll probably be um, pressed down to the states from federal initiatives as well. The next big thing that's out there is the INSTIC, or the National Strategy for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace. Um, this is an initiative that the Obama administration announced, and it's really, right now, just a, a call to create a framework for reusable online identities that can be trusted from application to application. Um, they talk a lot about an ecosystem of reusable or reusable authentication, which is, I think, a great model, um, but there's not a lot of answers yet about how we get there. Um, NAFIO, the, the National Association of State CIOs, has a state digital identity working group uh, that's been meeting and working on some solutions from a state perspective. And those, that's another thing that people need to be aware of and need to track. Um, they, they're largely mirroring some of the federal issues or federal efforts, but at the same time trying to put a state twist on those and kind of reflect the state needs. Of course, the last thing we need to keep in mind is that all those local governments in every state are already out there creating their own online identities as well, and somehow we have to factor that in and be aware of what we can do to support those efforts as well. Brent, let's talk a bit about your product suite. How are some of your authentication solutions helping your customers tackle the challenges that we've discussed? Well, Tom, first, I always feel to tell, to tell people that interest roots are in PKI. If you look at the documentation that OB&B and NIST have provided to federal agencies, you can see that the only way to issue credentials at higher levels of insurance is with digital certificates. And we can help our customers issue those strong credentials with infrastructure running in their own data center or by setting them up in our hosting service. Second, using interest identity board, our customers can create a standardized authentication service an authentication layer, if you want to call it that, that takes authentication out of their individual applications and lets the customer establish a single, centrally managed identity for citizens, partners, and employees. Third, our customers can configure individual applications to require specific methods of authentication in Identity Guard. This means that the agency that actually owns the application can select the authentication method, including multi-factor authentication based on their own security policies. And Identity Guard supports a full range of authentication methods, from transparent methods like machine footprint right up through biometric smart cards. To support those agency security requirements, the customer can establish a single user account in Identity Guard for each citizen or employee that needs access, 
and then register that individual for a variety of authentication methods based on the applications that they need to get into. In practice, this means that Identity Guard might allow a user logging in from within the state network to log in with only username and password, but turn around and require username, password, and say a grid card as a second factor if that same user is logging in from outside the state network. On the other hand, another application with higher security requirements might require that very same user to log in with a smart card regardless of the location they're logging in from. Well, just a last question for you, Brent. You've given us a lot of information here. If you could boil it down, for state agencies that are trying to get a handle around their authentication challenges, where should they begin? I think in order to understand the identity and authentication discussion in state governments, you first have to recognize the role that states play in any national discussion of identity. Um, and this is different for our customers in Europe or Asia, but the bottom line is here in the United States, the states are the source of citizen identity. I mean, simply put, um, you know, the U.S. State Department may have issued my passport, but the information that they used to verify my identity came from a state motor vehicle database and a state vital records system. So I really can't imagine how you establish an online identity that can be trusted nationally with any degree of assurance without the active participation of state government. Now, having said that, I also recognize that the first goal of any state government project is to solve the problems that they're facing in state. Um, along those lines, I think we did three things with the project in Illinois that, that I still think are excellent guidelines for any state identity project. Uh, first, we totally separated identity and authentication issues from authorization issues. Our rationale then, and I think it's still valid now, is that we could best manage identity centrally, but those access decisions need to be made by the agency that has statutory responsibility for the program. Second, we established the State of Illinois Certification Authority as an identity service separate from any agency or program or application. It's governed by a multi-agency policy authority so that all of the agencies using the service, including local governments, um, have input into the governance of the service. The third thing is that for the purposes of the project, we've defined enterprise a little differently. We defined it in that case as all government entities in the state of Illinois, not just the state entities. And the, and the result of that was it made the service available to all the local governments, higher ed, K-12 education players in the state as well, which provided for a lot broader use and uptake of the service. And I always recommend that customers look for project plans that lead to incremental wins. And after all, we're not going to rewrite all 3,000 applications in that data center this year, so it's best to have something positive to report at next year's budget hearing. At the same time, you have to think big. I think we're past the time for piecemeal projects that only solve problems in one corner of our enterprise. This is a problem that calls for broad vision, and to be successful at that, you have to promote the vision both to individual agencies and to the appropriate elected officials. Very good. Brent, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. We've been talking about authentication in state government. We've been talking with Brent Crossland, the Senior Manager of State Government Initiatives with Entrust. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.